most of us have no idea what it's like to live under a world power. Uh, you could say, well, America is a world power, but America is just a small part of the world. And although we would be one of the, if you would, stronger nations, more powerful nations, we are not a world controlling uh, people. In fact, uh, quite honestly, we haven't seen it in our day, in our history. Nebuchadnezzar was one of probably the first and one of the few that could have been considered a world leader because of what, they had, what he had conquered and what he ruled over and the control he exercised over. So I think some, in some ways we can't exactly understand uh, some of the different things that we see in Scripture. Old Testament as we see and examine world powers, but even in the book of Revelation, when we see and we read about in Revelation chapter 17 and 18, a world power, uh, a man who is in, if you would, control of the world, who has control of the world, who is a major leader. Uh, as far as we're concerned, we, we've only seen, you know, if you would, some wars where people were trying to take over the world, maybe, but we haven't actually, none of us have observed that anyway, I don't think, really, in our lifetime. World War II was a war where someone was interested in taking over the world. Uh, actually, it was a few different countries. The Axis powers of what Germany, Italy, and Japan uh, were involved in and seeking to be involved in trying to take over the world. And thankfully, in World War II, they weren't successful. Uh, I'm thankful for that, and I would suspect that you are as well. Uh, and so we don't always understand, and I think somehow because we haven't maybe observed it or seen it in our day, we may not understand exactly what's going on. But in Revelation 17 and 18, there is a world power. There is an antichrist that the Bible talks about, and actually even reveals in the book of Daniel and other places in the Old Testament, God talks about a time and a day in the future. It still hasn't yet come. Where there will be an antichrist, there will be uh, the, the, false, uh, the beast and the false prophet who will have sway over the entire world. And again, we have a hard time maybe grasping uh, that, but it's an amazing thing that the Bible talks about, and it is a day that is coming and will someday be. In fact, if you're to take time to read all Revelation 17 and 18, you're not going to do that during the message, all right? But if you were to take time to do that uh, this morning, you would find that a number of kings end up giving their authority to the Antichrist, and therefore he is able to reign and to rule over the entire world. And he has sway over the world. Now, the place where his authority is established is called Babylon. And Babylon is talked about in Revelation 17 and 18. I know you're excited because we're into uh, Bible prophecy today, but we're going somewhere else, all right? But I wanted to introduce it that way because you need to kind of get in your mind uh, what is going on in Revelation 17 and 18. There is a, a, a man who has come to power. He is in control of the world, and he is a very, very influential and powerful man. By the way, from everything indicated in Scripture, he has control of everything as far as this world is concerned. He basically is control of all religion and all religious practices. Although there are Christians who will preach the gospel during that period and people will come to faith in Jesus Christ, there is going to be one world religion, and he is going to be in control of that. 
He is going to exercise not just religious or spiritual control, but he also will exercise economic control. He will exercise political control in this entire world. He will have sway and do what he wishes and basically be able to, to, to uh, rule things the way he wants. And his base of power, this place which is described as Babylon and talked about in these two chapters, is what God deals with and God judges in Revelation chapter 17 and chapter 18. And there's a truth I want you to see here that applies to your life today that I hope will be an encouragement to you. It's been an encouragement to me. And we'll see it a little bit later. Let me read in Revelation chapter 18 to kind of get you now caught up or at least get you, get, give you the idea of what is taking place here. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk uh, with the, of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, uh, fill to her double. How much she hath glorified herself, and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. There's a great day coming, a day in which God will prove himself to be the King of kings and Lord of lords, the mighty God of heaven and earth. Revelation 17 and 18 are just one little picture, one little sliver of the power and might of God being evidenced as he takes this world power, this world leader, and, and basically destroys his, his authority, destroys his power, and proves himself to be God. And I am so thankful that I serve a God like that. And I hope today you will be encouraged by what we see in this passage. Let's pray. Father, please open our eyes now to understand and comprehend uh, the truth that's found in this passage and the encouragement found throughout Scripture uh, that we serve the King of kings and Lord of lords, that He is the mighty God. There is no one above Him. There is no one greater than Him. And anyone that exalts himself against God will be abased because we serve a great God. And I pray that this morning we would be encouraged 
with the truth that we find in Revelation 17 and 18. And may uh, you use the words of what we, we have just read to uh, just encourage God's people to keep on keeping on for the glory of God. And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me share with you the amazing revelation that's going on. We've already began by kind of giving the idea of this world power. The events spoken of here in Revelation 17 and 18 are indeed future events. They haven't taken place. The Antichrist will be in control. But these two chapters explain how God takes that powerful leader and basically decimates his power and usurps his authority and proves himself to be the God of heaven and earth and the God of all things. Now, we see, though, and we understand in Revelation 17 and 18, that this guy isn't just a ruler in a little place. He really is a world ruler. It is uh, The revelation here is about a very powerful place, a very powerful place, a very powerful person. Uh, you consider the fact that God knew about this event, not just 2,000 years ago, but if you go back, you can go to Daniel. So we're talking about 3,000 years ago or so, 2,500, 3,000, maybe even longer. God could say, there's an event coming. There's a day coming where there will be a world ruler. Isn't that an amazing thing? Just to start the knowledge of God, the infinite wisdom of God that he can know the beginning from the end, that he could tell us in Revelation 17, a book written 2,000 years ago, there's coming a day when there's going to be a world ruler. And that world ruler is going to have power over everything. He's going to have control over everything as far as this world is concerned, but he is going to be put in his place as judgment from Almighty God, the God of heaven and the God of earth, the mighty God. But this place called Babylon that represents his authority, represents his power, represents his control of the world, this place called Babylon is completely destroyed and, and defeated by God, even though he is very powerful. This chapter and these chapters, both of them, are about judgment of this world leader and the city where his power base is. Now consider how powerful he is. Look if you would. We're just going to take a few minutes because we're, we're going somewhere else. I'm, I'm warning you, all right? We're going somewhere else. You'll see it at the end, but I got to get there. So look, if you would, in verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels, verse chapter 17, I'm sorry, which had the seven vials and talked with thee, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Well, that phrase, that term that is used there, is a description of, uh, of the authority and power that the Antichrist is, rules over or uses to, if you would, control the world. It describes a picture of someone who is of great authority, of great power. Uh, we could continue on. We don't have time to look at everything in these chapters. But in verses 12 and 13, uh, the picture is given. There are ten horns which thou sawest, and there are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast, indicating that this beast, this world ruler, okay, has control of everything. He is very, very powerful. Uh, chapter 17 and verse 17, For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. So, look, he, it is a powerful place. 
It is, according to Scripture, a very perverse place. That's why it's being judged by God. And this ruler is a very perverse ruler. Take a moment and look, if you would, at uh, the perversion of this man in verse 4. And the woman was arrayed and describing, again, the, the power base, Babylon, all right, if you would. And, was, uh, and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. So it is a wicked ruler. It's a wicked rule. It is not a, a rule of, of uh, well, it starts out as one that appears to be a rule of peace. It appears to be a rule that is going to be wonderful, but it turns out to be nothing more and nothing less than what we've always seen when there's a world power. Corruption, evil, wickedness, and all sorts of terrible things happening. And God is going to judge this world leader, and God is going to judge this world because of their sins. Look in verse 6. It describes even more the perverseness that's going on in, at this time. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the, the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Look, this, this political leader, this, this not just political, but spiritual leader, this leader of the entire world is so corrupt that he, uh, he takes and he destroys God's people. You know, you think it's hard to live for Christ in our day, and by the way, it's not. But you think it's getting harder to live for Christ in our day, and you look at some of the things going on in our government, and I don't know about you, but I can see a day in which uh, we are going to face probably a lot more persecution for our faith than we face today. Um, with a leadership that calls it a hate crime to say that homosexuality is a sin, uh, don't be surprised if there comes a day when a Christian who says homosexuality is a sin uh, may be thrown in jail for such. If you don't think those things can happen, then, then really it seems like you might have your head in the sand. There may very well come a day when we will face things, but I'll tell you something, nothing like what's going on in the book of Revelation with this world leader who seeks to stamp out and destroy Christians, beheads believers in Jesus Christ. And Christians are in hiding. They can't buy or sell, according to the Scripture, because they don't receive the mark of the beast talked about in the book of Revelation. My, there are so many things that we don't have time for this morning to get into as far as the end times are concerned. But it is a place that is of great power. It is a great place of great perversion. But it is a place that is going to be destroyed by God. It's a place of judgment. These two chapters in Revelation describe the downfall of the powerful man and, if you would, his power base, the place, Babylon. It is the judgment that from, from God that brings the demise of this place. In fact, if you'll note in verse 17 of chapter 17 that we just read, For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And when those words are fulfilled, then God comes and God brings judgment upon Babylon. God brings judgment upon this world leader. Now, I, I'm not going to get into this morning. We're not going to get into the deep uh, 
issues about what is going on exactly in chapter 17 and 18. Uh, some people like to tie Revelation 17 and 18 together and they say that they are really one and the same. They're, they're one chapter describing the ultimate demise. That's fine. Some people view it, and I think it's probably more likely, that uh, chapter 17 was the spiritual fall of and the dis- spiritual destruction and the spiritual authority is lost of this world leader. And then chapter 18 seems to be the economic and the political authority and the power of this world leader that is destroyed because the people are crying because they lost their money in chapter 18. You can read about it. It's really interesting. You say, no, I stay away from prophecy because it's not interesting to me. All right, well, anyway, I said we didn't have time for that because we're going somewhere. We'll get there a little bit later. So pay attention. All right. So anyway, there's this world power, and this world power is going to be judged. It's an amazing revelation. Now we find in chapter 18 the arrogance of the woman. Uh, look, if you would, in in chapter 18 and verse 17 and verse 7. I'm sorry, because it describes uh, this, if you would, world leader and this base of power, Babylon. And use the word she because it's talking about Babylon. And it says, how much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. Look, she is. She believes she's invincible. Notice what she says about herself. She saith in her heart, I sit a queen. You know, the, the world leader and the, the Antichrist is going to go on thinking, hey, no one can ever defeat me. We are the authority. No one's ever going to win the victory over us. They are arrogant in their power, and they think, I am invincible. That's what Babylon will say. I sit a queen. Uh, no one's gonna, I'm a power to be reckoned with. No one's going to knock me off my throne. I am in control. And what's great about these chapters is God says, no, I'm in control. I'm in control. Never forget. But she thinks she's invincible. She thinks her defeat is an impossibility. Look at the end of verse 7. She not only says, I sit a queen and I'm no widow. But she says this, I shall see no sorrow. Now it's interesting because if chapter 17 is indeed the, the if you would, the, the spiritual downfall, where in other words, the influence that they had in the one world government and the one world control of religion is is beginning and that base is destroyed by the judgment of God in chapter 17. Then in chapter 18, this woman, Babylon, this this world power is kind of saying something like this, well, that might have happened, but they're not going to get they're not going to get to me economically. And they're not going to take my power away from me. No, I'm going to know no sorrow. She's arrogant. There will be a, a world leader, this antichrist, who will think no one will ever knock me off my throne. And God will do that very thing. Because we serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In fact, the book of Revelation is all about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus, the Christ, the God of heaven and earth. So we have the arrogance of the woman. We have uh, the amazing revelation. And then we have in this passage the ability of God. Because these chapters are all about judgment. It's not about this woman in power. This woman is saying, I'm never going to lose power and God has taken it away. Which is an amazing thing. Look, if you would, at chapter 18 and verse 20. Rejoice over her, thou heaven and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. God said, enough is enough. My time has come. It is time for me to show myself to be what I have said I will be and what I have promised in my word because I always fulfill my word. And so God says, it is time. 
And God begins to judge, and God judges by taking away that, that, that spiritual influence and the spiritual power that the Antichrist has. And God begins to work and takes away the political power that he has and starts to cause this, if you would, dismay among the ten kings and, and all sorts of discord. And here's this, this uh, influential leader, this powerful leader saying, no one's going to knock me off my perch, and God has already taken care of it. Because there's a God in heaven that is greater than the greatest ruler this world has ever known and ever will know. There's a God in heaven who is in control. And we see in chapter 18 and verse 20 uh, the statement of God's ability. How does a world power get cast down? You know, in the past, world powers got cast down because they got, well, they got arrogant. Because they thought, no one's going to ever cast me down. No one's going to ever win the victory. And then someone comes along. I think many times because of the, the ability and power God gives them and because God has worked on that behalf, and they're able to defeat this leader. But let me tell you something. What happens in Revelation is not by the hand of people, it's by the hand of Almighty God that this is done. God will prove himself and show himself to be greater than the greatest leader this world has ever known, the most powerful man this world has ever known. And the strength of God's ability is shown in this passage. And the reason I wanted to take you here was not to give you a lesson in eschatology, although it is an interesting subject, and it is a, a subject worth taking time to look into. God said, blessed is the man who takes time to study and look through these things and prophecies that God speaks about. But I brought you here because as I was reading through this passage, I came to a statement that meant a lot to me, and I hope it will mean a lot to you today. Yes, for your life this very moment, because it reminds us of the truth I just shared, and it's found in verse 8. At the end of verse 8, well, in verse 8 says, Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine. That comes right after she says, I want no sorrow. No one's going to knock me down. I'm the queen. <laughs> I am queen forever. Here I am. Come and, come and do it. Defy me. Try. And God, verse 8 says, Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. And notice this statement. For strong is the Lord God, who judgeth her. Think about that for a moment. It's world power. And the only, well, there are other statements in these two chapters, but the statement that really stands out is this, strong is the Lord God who judges her. Look, so what if he's the Antichrist? So what if he has sway over the whole world as far as religion is concerned? So what if he has political power? So what if he is in control of the economics of this world? Those things are nothing to God, because strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Uh, we serve a great God, uh, and that's what we're told, the ability of God. We see the statement of his ability in chapter 18 and verse 20, but we see the strength of his ability in verse 8. Strong is the Lord God that judges, judges her. It is a statement of fact, and a statement that actually has ramifications for our life today. Because the God who is strong in that day is strong today. The God who was strong in that day was the God who was strong in, in the day of creation when he spoke the worlds into existence. When he said, let there be light, and there was light. 
uh, when God said uh, that the waters were to be separated, when God uh, made and put the stars in their, in their places, uh, not by some explosion, but by his almighty hand instantly, when God put the, and gave them course that they, would, uh, that they would follow, when God did all those things, he did it by the power of his might, because strong is the Lord God. And in Revelation 17 and 18, this arrogant woman, this world leader and the city, which is a representation of all that power, is destroyed by God immediately with great authority because, look, there's no one greater than God. So then the message today is all about uh, the application for believers. You know, it's a big deal, okay? It is a big deal. Not only is it a big deal because these things are going to come to pass and God is going to prove himself mighty and, and what comes after that and later on is, is a, a great show of God's power as he comes and sets up his kingdom a short time later and rules and reigns for a thousand years. This world will know peace like it's never known before. But it's not just for something that in the future. Look, the Lord is strong uh, today. And I was encouraged as I read this and as I was thinking about this world power and how God could just, in a moment, take away the, the most powerful man in this world and his authority and everything else and prove himself to be mighty. And I was just reminded how um, I need that God today, don't you? Revelation 17 and 18 have some great ramifications for the future, and they're to be studied, and they're to be helpful. But they're all, they can be helpful in our day-to-day if we be reminded of the truths that we see woven throughout the book of Revelation. And one of those is verse 8, and that last phrase that we've read. In fact, I want you to stay it from, from the word for, okay? Join with me, say that last phrase in that verse, and I want it to stick in your mind. I hope it will. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. All right, let's say it again, because I want you to have it in your mind. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Now I want you to say it like you mean it this time. Again, one more time. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Hey, listen, God can throw down a world ruler in a moment. We, we think America is so great. No, America's not great. It's great only because God allows it to be great. We serve a great God. So what is the application for today? You know, big deal. All right, the Lord is great. We know that. Wow, wonderful. And we would say, that is a big deal in a sense, but it's a big deal for today right now, our situations today. Have you been overwhelmed by inward and external influences of life? You ever you ever been there? Um I find it easy to get discouraged in the Christian life. Maybe, maybe no one else is like me. So I, I, you know, I'm the I'm the only one here. So I'm just talking to myself this morning. So you can totally ignore it. You can you can start reading 17 and 18 and just wander off. But I, I'm going to share with you some practical things that mean something to me today. All right, got it. So let me. Sometimes I get discouraged politically when I see what's going on in our world. I get discouraged about. Uh, about the decisions our leadership's making. I get discouraged about our leaders. Um, we have some sorry leaders. Um, I, it, it, the lack of moral decency, the, the people who are in power, the voices that are coming out in, in support of despicable things 
are enough. I, and if you're not, then I get discouraged sometimes when I look at the political scene. Revelation 17 and 18 is a reminder that God's bigger. Um, I, sometimes I get discouraged um, not only about political things, but sometimes physically. You ever get discouraged? Maybe you, you get a, a medical test and you find out something might be wrong. You don't know what it is, and then you get all worried about it, and you take the tests and go into the doctor's office sweating it out. Uh, you know, sometimes there's things. Uh, maybe you have a friend who's suffering, and, and maybe you've been trying to change things in your own life physically and just haven't had success, and sometimes you can get discouraged in those things. I know no, none of you would ever admit it, and none of you ever struggle with this. Sometimes spiritually get down. Um, during the week of meetings, I, 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 I've heard, I heard things that I need to work on and strengthen in my life. Again, I, I know none of you ever have those things, but, but I, um, sometimes changing those things brings frustration and failure. Sometimes we get discouraged a little bit. Again, you probably don't ever get discouraged spiritually, but sometimes I do. We've been studying about being a disciple. As I've looked at a list of things that God expected and God taught disciples to do, we, we gave like 15 things, and there are more than that. In, in one sense, a little bit, it's kind of overwhelming. You think, wow, i got work to do. I'm not there. I haven't arrived. But sometimes spiritually, I can get down and discouraged about things. Um, and those are times when I need to remind myself, strong is the Lord God. Strong is the Lord God. Um, I, this never happens to you, I know, but sometimes I get overwhelmed about family. You ever gotten discouraged about your family? You know, unsaved loved ones, issues you got with them, can't talk with your, your cousin, your your. Your aunt isn't speaking to, you know, and you've got all these family problems. Maybe, maybe it's just your kids. <laughs> it's like, oh, they drive me crazy. Is it ever going to end? <laughs> Am I ever going to get this? Are we ever going to deal with this problem? Are we going to ever resolve this issue? Sometimes family tests your patience and your sanity, you know. Um, sometimes I get down about those things. I know no one else does here, but sometimes I do. Sometimes I get overwhelmed by inward and external influences in my life, sometimes emotionally. I know you don't think I have any emotions, but I do. I, I do. I just don't show them. <laughs> All right. uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes I, get, I get hurt. I get, I get down emotionally. Yeah, I know you never do that, but... Sometimes some days just don't don't feel like doing anything. Don't don't want to don't want to serve. Don't want to don't want to go to church. No, no. I, well, yeah, there are some days. Uh, sometimes I just tired of it. I know no one in this room ever gets there, but I do. And even at those times, I I just need the the pick me up. Of Revelation 18.8, for strong is the Lord God. If there's a God who in one day can cast down a ruler who has control over the entire world, 
then um, that's the God I need today. And the truth is, that's the God I have today. Because the Bible reminds me that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So the same God who's strong in Revelation 18, the same God who was strong in Genesis chapter 1, is the same God who is my God who is strong today. So that when I get down emotionally, when I get down about the political situation, when I get down about physical things, when I get down about spiritual matters, when I get down about family, whatever the problem may be, whatever the issue may be, look, I serve a God who is strong. Uh, For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Look, these things can get us down and they can discourage us. And sometimes it causes us to believe that victory is impossible or beyond our grasp. Uh, You know, I've had more more than one time in life where I just wanted to say, you know, I'm tired of it. Tired of this problem. I'm tired of that problem. I don't want to hear about it. Don't tell me about your problem because I have enough of my own. You know, you're looking at me this morning like I'm the only one in the room that does that. I'm sorry, you've got a rotten pastor. And I need to be reminded that strong is the Lord God who judgeth her, who is still alive today, who was there at the creation and made everything, who has worked throughout history and is working this very moment, this very day, on my behalf. You see, um, we have situations that cause us to get discouraged, but we have a Savior today who's able. I want you to know that, and Revelation reminds you of that truth. We serve a God who's able. We need to be reminded, God is stronger than any force, internal or external, that we may be facing. Emotional problems, God can deal with those. Depressed, God can deal with that. Defeated in your spiritual life, God can deal with that. Family issues, God can work in that. Political matters, God can work there too. We sometimes put God in this little box. And and he's not there. Strong is the Lord God. That judgeth her. As strong as the Lord God that's in, alive today and working in our lives. So, what gets you discouraged? What gets you down? What is it that you're battling with? We serve a God today that is stronger than any force, internally or externally, that we may face. If God can take a world power, spiritually, economically, politically, and totally destroy it without any help from without, then why should I be discouraged about my physical, emotional, or spiritual issues? I shouldn't. You know why? For strong is the Lord God. Our Savior today, uh, He's greater, and we need to rely on Him and avail ourselves of the power that He has to give. Actually, um, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 uh, kind of tied in with this passage today. 
as far as I was concerned, because in Philippians 4.13, we read the words, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. So, so think about this, all right? Um, we read, strong is the Lord God. So if God has that kind of power, then is there anything that's too hard for him to help me lick? Consider it. I need to rely on his strength. The same God working in Revelation 18, the same God working in Genesis 1, the same God who worked throughout history in various times to prove himself mighty for Israel. How many times did God deliver Israel? Remember Moses, as he holds up the, as he holds up the rod, and God brings victory, and then when he drops it down, they start to lose, and finally they hold up his hands, and God brings a great victory against an enemy that was far greater. We, we have the ten plagues in Egypt, and we just see God at work throughout history, and yet, and yet, and yet we say, oh man, I got this problem with my family. Isn't that amazing? How we forget? We forget that strong is the Lord God. Or we stop living like it in our lives. We need to rely upon him and avail ourselves of the power that he has. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul was a little bit down, at least it seems to be, about his thorn in the flesh, and he's praying about it. And God says, my grace is sufficient. I have power available. That's what grace is talking about. It's talking about power. I have power available to give to you. I am strong. Strong is the Lord God. So we need to avail ourselves of that power. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, 1 John 4, 4 says, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Revelation 17 and 18 is testament to that fact that greater is God than the one who rules in this world and who is the prince of the power of the air right this very moment. Strong is the Lord God. So, our supply today. Um, last Sunday night, while looking at Philippians 4, 11 to 13, I said I was angry at Paul. Um, you know, I just felt like I had the right to be angry at Paul because he didn't give us a list of, re of ways that he got God's strength. And he didn't. He just says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He didn't go through a list there. He didn't say, this is how it happened. This is how it took place. Um, and as I looked at the statement in Revelation chapter 18, I was encouraged by it in my own personal devotions. came across that verse uh, this past week. I was encouraged by the fact that we serve a great God. And then I started to think about it. Does God really in his word tell us how we can have his strength and his power? And he does. He supplies us with his power. How does it come? Let me share with you just a number of suggestions from the word of God to kind of leave with you to remind yourself of how to avail yourself of this strong God. He is strong, you know. Strong is the Lord God that judgeth her, who judgeth her. And that same God is still available today. So how do we find that strength and how do we get that supply? I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. My grace is sufficient for thee. How do I get the grace? How do I get the strength? How do I get God's supply? Let me share with you a number of things. To start with the letter C. I'm just starting the message now, by the way. <laughs> yeah, actually, maybe I should preach the rest tonight. You want me to do it to rest tonight? You can come back tonight. You have to come back tonight then. 
I'm going to save it. I'm going to preach the rest of this tonight. Because you, to, you need to learn that there is a God who is able and he has answers. And I want to encourage you to be back tonight at 6 o'clock for part 2 of the message. But if you get nothing else, uh, if you'll remember the truth of verse 8, and, and let's say that last phrase, join with me. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. The strong God of heaven and earth makes his strength available for you on a daily basis. And he gives us in his word a number of ways that I'm going to share with you this evening. Because you're coming back. That I know will be of help to you. But if you'll just remember this truth and live in light of it, it'll make a huge difference. Look, how can I be down about my family? I, yes, I can be discouraged about things, but how can I be down about my family if I ponder who God is? How can I be down about my circumstances in life when I ponder who God is? How can I be uh, defeated by uh, health problems or issues or political issues, whatever they may be? How can I be defeated by those things? When I read in Revelation 17 and 18 that a world power in a moment, is made nothing by the God who indwells me today. Look, strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And that God is your God if you've trusted him as your Savior. So live like it and rely on his strength and look to him and trust him and ask him for it. And you can count on that God proving himself mighty in your life today. Because it's not just in Revelation 18 that God is strong. It's right now. And he is able. So trust him. And I hope you'll come tonight. Give me an opportunity. Just share with you a number of things that I hope will encourage you about how to avail yourself of the power that this God makes available to all of his children. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you just need to be reminded that uh, strong is the Lord.